God's army. What is God's army going to look like? We've been told. What we're seeing right now that wasn't super clear is we're seeing that all these things are being prepared to be born. The birth pains. There will be a vomiting out of the heart of the earth, the belly of the great fish, Leviathan. But we can see the different sides of what's being done and how it plays out in the world. I had mentioned the ship, the Ever Given, that is now at the River Dam, Rotterdam of the Netherlands, the underworld. It seems that they are there to pick up cargo. That cargo very likely could be an army like we are not prepared to see. But we can see that a lot of this is going to be coming out of the water. The rivers that have now been renamed oceans. Four rivers from Eden that after Pangaea, the earth was split and the flood became what are now called oceans, but oceans in its etymology even tells us that it's a great river. The fifth just being pronounced or announced as the river, the great river that surrounds the disk of the earth. But there's four that go from the middle out the four oceans. On one side, we can see what the earth is doing, what they are doing through their theology of these gods, all the way back to the fall, when they mixed the yellow light of the angels with the red blood of man, and they created orange, and from the orange union were birthed the seed of the serpent, the green race. And it's heating up. The Q movement has been saying, watch the water. If you listen back for a while ago where we were talking about what was happening with China and the United States meeting in Anchorage, Alaska. Anchor being like a hook you drop into the sea, Alaska being the action of the sea upon something. I think they were dropping the hook into the jaw of Leviathan. And there was more expected to be happening, and of course it did. The same time that the ship, the Ever Given, moored in the Netherlands at the River Dam. There was an 8.2 earthquake in Alaska, the Aleutian Islands. I was trying to look up the meaning and the etymology of Aleutian. It's a little bit tough. It seems to have to do with Rush, Russia. But what is also happening right now is you can see the enemy is building its army of Gog, a prince, the one that will make desolate. We see it in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38, who is assembled in this army under Gog, the prince. People call it Gog and Magog, but it's Gog of Magog. During this time of the Olympics, an homage, a ritual to the 12 gods of Olympus. 
At the same time, the United States is trying to pass a 1.2, a $12 trillion infrastructure bill for roads and bridges. They've even referred to much of this as human infrastructure. They're trying to build a bridge and they have put the guards on that bridge, the guards of Hermes, the messenger, from the Cleveland, the cliff lands, to pass in through, it's a port city in Ohio, river. They're trying to assemble their army to cross over as God draws out Gog of Magog. Now if you go into Ezekiel 38, you will see that Gog is the prince and his army is comprised of sons from the line of Noah, from Japheth and Ham. If you go into the genealogy, the lineage from Noah, you will see that he had three sons, Shem, Japheth, and Ham. All of those, Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, Beth Tagarma, all of those armies, the Persians joined them, etc. If you go through that, those are all listed as the sons of Japheth or Ham, or the sons of their sons. So it's either their sons or their grandsons. That is the Gog army. That is the prince that is to make desolate. Daniel chapter 9. On the wings of abomination will come the one that makes desolate. The wings of Hermes is one name. Coming through a jab and missiles from a drone. From Ashkenaz, the Ashkenazis of Israel, they're the ones that have the drones. Ashkenaz is one of the grandsons of Japheth or Ham. That's what's happening on that side. That's their plan. They're building it. We're seeing it take place as the, the armies of men are assembling, ready to fight on the face of the earth. We see it as a battle between China and Russia merging together with the Arab nations against the Western nations, United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, etc. There's going to be a merger and they have plans to fight. Who are they going to fight against? Who is the army of God? The Lord God Almighty, our Father in heaven. What we see in Daniel 12, who is the prince of the army? So the other side, the evil side is going to be Gog. G-O-G. God's army, we see in Daniel chapter 12, is Michael. Turning there, I thought I had a page mark. Starting at chapter 12, verse 1. At that time shall arrive arise Michael, the, prin the great prince who has charge of your people, 
and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. They'll come up from the nether world. Some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise, who have the oil, the five virgin virgins with the knowledge, the oil, shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those to, who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. So the prince, the leaders, Gog versus Michael. Who is Michael leading in this battle? Well, in Matthew 12, we just read in the previous podcast, that we will see a sign. My, um, Matthew 12, starting in verse 39. I'm repeating it again, but I want the context of this. Again, I ask you to read the full chapters, full books for full context. I'm pulling out the pieces for you to look at. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation... And condemn it, for they repented, they went back into their chambers at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So Nineveh repented. There's something that I'm going to point out with this. What is the meaning of Nineveh? Because at the at the preaching of Jonah, they repented. And they will rise up. They will be led by Michael. What is the meaning of Nineveh? It's fish or house of fish. Where are they going to be coming from? Where did they repent from? Just like Jonah, after three days and three nights, was vomited out of the belly of that great fish, so was Nineveh. Nineveh will be vomited out of the belly of the fish. That's why they're called the house of fish in that day. But it was also the capital of Assyria. It was, the capital name was Asher, A-S-S-H-U-R. It was the primary capital of Assyria, but it got changed to Nineveh. So who are the men of Nineveh? They are the men of Asher. Who was Asher? Asher was of the, the other son of Noah, from Shem. Shem had three sons, Elam, Asher, and Arpaxad. A-R-P-H-A-X-A-D. From Arpaxad is where Sarah and Abraham came from the house of Israel, the twelve sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to 
Israel, Jacob being a son of Abraham and Sarah. But Asher was his brother. The capital of Assyria was named after this son of Shem, son of Noah. So when this name got changed from Asher into Nineveh, the fish, they went into the belly, but they repented. They will come back out of the belly of the fish. They will be restored to Asher, not Nineveh. But here's what's really interesting about Asher. It's the name that Assyria derives from. Assyria means prince. Asher then is spelled differently and it goes through some transformations. But it comes from Yasher, which means to believe, straighten up, or straight up, or excuse me, to be level, straight up, just. So Asher was level, straight up, he was just, just, but they became wicked. They got changed to Nineveh, house of fish. They went into the belly of Leviathan, but they repented. Just as Jonah came back out of the belly of the fish, so will Nineveh, and at the end they will rise up, and they will be led by Michael. Now there's another reference that we can see that ties this together. Before I'd read it, I didn't realize they were the same thing, different name. If you go to Isaiah chapter 10, starting in verse 5. Ah, Assyria, the rod of my anger, the staff in my hands is my fury. Against a godless nation I send him, and against the people of my wrath I command him to take spoil and seize plunder, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. But he does not so intend, and his heart does not so think. But it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off nations, not a few. For he says, Are not my commanders all kings? Is not Calno like Carchemish? I'll have to look at these. Is not Hamath like Arpad? Is not Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has reached to the kingdoms of the idols, whose carved images were greater than those of Jerusalem and Samaria, shall I not do to Jerusalem and her idols as I have done to Samaria and her images? Assyria is God's rod. It is the men of Nineveh that repented that will rise up under Michael. And they will move upon the wretched. Those that are not, it's the fury. That's why we need to go into our chambers while the fury passes. Who? The men of Nineveh, Assyria. It's the house or the people, the sons, the line of Asher, son of Shem son of Jonah, will rise up under the Prince Michael and march and clean things up. They will make way 
for the return of the Son of Man. It's what we see in Matthew 29. It's after the tribulation of those days. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. This is the battle. It's the time of tribulation. It's this battle. It's the cleaning up. It's the fury that is coming. That is why we need to go into our chambers, our ark, our repent. Because then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory after. After Michael rises up, after the men of Nineveh, Assyria, renamed from Asher, but they repented, they went back under the covenant, become Asher again, the Assyrian, and they will march and they will take out the prince of Gog and his armies that they are building these bridges to try and bring into this realm for this battle of Armageddon. But as you can see, this battle comes forward. It's preparing the way of the Lord. Just as Jonah went first to Nineveh, Nineveh then repented. Their name became Asher again. Just like that, Jesus, afterward, went into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, and then he came back and he ascended. He established his kingdom. But the work isn't done until he returns again, the final cleansing, the judgment. Who does the work? Jonah tells them, Asher will do it. The men of Nineveh, the men of Assyria, Asher. Asher is the rod that will clear the, the threshing floor for the return of Jesus, the Son of Man. This is replicated. We've seen this before. Jesus rode in on a donkey. But the real word for donkey isn't donkey, it's ass. If you look up the etymology of ass, it is what we think of as a donkey. Donkey means gray. In Zechariah chapter 9, it foretells of Jesus, the Son of Man, riding in on an ass. Matthew 21, Jesus rides in on an ass. In the end, Jesus is going to ride in on an ass, her, Asher. Ass is the proper name of what we call a donkey. Her, H-U-R, it's the second half of the name of Asher. Her means nobleman, cavern, like an ark or a chamber, whiteness, whole, or holy. A noble man that was holy, he was pure white, blameless, rode in on an ass. The tribe of Asher, son of Shem, son of Noah, they will rise up in the end and do 
the threshing. We know them as the men of Nineveh. Nineveh. They were renamed from Asher. The men of Assyria, which are the men of Asher, will rise up as will Michael, the great prince of his people, and they will lead the army of God against the army led by Gog and all the other brothers, or all the other sons of Noah. This is a family feud. Shem, which is where Israel comes from, as did Asher, against the sons of Japheth and Ham. Now it makes sense why in Revelation 3.16, looking from the opposite perspective, not Jesus spewing out or vomiting, but Leviathan or Gaia vomiting out the lukewarm. Because the hot and cold don't need further judgment. The lukewarm need to be spewed out to make a decision It's going to be a time of great tribulation, a threshing, a great threshing, in which Michael and Asher are going to rise up for the final battle against the seed of the serpent, the prince Gog, and the sons of Japheth and Ham. And we've seen the warning already in the orange, the shades of blood, moon, and sun that come before the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord being this time of threshing in which he sends Michael and Asher to clean things up. And if you have the oil, you will be delivered and shine like the sky as Daniel chapter 12 said. You will go into your chamber of repentance because you're under the protection of the commandments. Jesus will say, welcome into the kingdom. Those that don't have the light are going to be threshed. They will receive the rod And when they get brought before Jesus, he will say, Depart from me, I don't know you. We've seen, we're seeing the warning signs, that's what it appears to me. The haze in the sky, the color of the sun and moon, the events that have been unfolding, the abomination of Hermes, the traveler trying to bring in their army. But the ever-given promise, the ever-given covenant from the ever-green that ship is docked, 
is loading up an army. Are you ready for the day of the Lord? Have you filled your lamp with oil? Have you built your repentance? Because God's army is is ready, this race is heating up. Godspeed.